and salutations to everybody watching and listening to the latest episode of Manic Mixtape. This is our first episode of 2022. And I'm not going to say it's going to be one for the ages because <laughs> we start off topic. We, and we, we end up on topic. It's always so, one for the ages. Exactly. I am your co-host, Foxy Foxy, along with my other beautiful co-host, Dan Kalachiko. Now, being the first episode, we were going to be going down like a year in review type of thing where we're going to be chit-chatting about a bunch of the stuff that we ended up listening to or binging over the past year of 2021. A couple of things that we're probably binge listening and getting lost in in 2022 so far. But before all that, just a little bit of music news, quote unquote. Right. The fun one is where there is a trailer for the Foo Fighters movie studio 666. And we spoke about this on Nerd Herders where the basic premise is the band has to make uh, their 10th album and they pick this home that turns out to be haunted. But via the trailer, you see it's a lot more than just haunted. Dave Grohl gets possessed and it, it's very campy, but it's so Foo Fighters-y that it's just perfect. It fits well with their music video stylings. And yeah, you know, what's funny when I originally saw not when I saw the trailer, when it was originally announced, I thought it was a documentary. (laughs) I thought it was a documentary documenting that they recorded this album in the studio and the studio was haunted. Oops. And then I saw the trailer and I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Got it. It kind of like for me, it pokes fun at another band's massive documentary trying to make an album and they all got angry at each other it it really reminded me of that maybe i'm the only one who thought it was poking at like the whole saint anger thing i'm not i don't know but like if it is that's awesome metallica has been around so long that they're a parody of themselves now yeah I love Metallica and I'll defend them, but yeah, <laughs> you know, what can I say? Yeah. And Gory Damien Dragon, uh, Damien said, yeah. why am I telling you his full name? Like, you know, who the fuck it is. I don't know who that is. Some guy, some dude, some ugly dude. Hey, okay. I'm not, I'll, I'll role play, but not that far. <laughs> you're very, you're very handsome. He's a very handsome man. You're very handsome. So I've heard. So, you know, so my friend told me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, I forgot exactly when that gets released. I think relatively soon. Um, but yes, definitely be on the lookout for Studio 666, the Foo Fighters movie. I did not expect Pat Smear to be in it because usually Pat Smear is never with the band. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Foo Fighters, like, he hasn't really. been he hasn't really done anything with the Foo Fighters since the very first album. So to see him even a part of the movie was like, huh, what rock Wait, did you have? He, has he not been touring with them or am I imagining I don't think that? So. I don't think he does. Uh, February 25th. There you go. Yeah, I don't think Pat Smear does anything really with the bands much. I mean, I know he like I said, he was part of the first album. <laughs> He left because it was a public thing. He like announced after like some show or something that he was leaving. I don't know if he's done anything with them as of recent, but he's in the movie. And again, he looks like he crawled out from under a rock. I mean, Pat Smear usually looked like he's crawling from out from under a rock. He looks like uh, burnt uh, leather. What, 
hell did you get here? Right. He looks like burnt love. Like, I don't know. Before you go on to your newest thing, if you want to note, Tate, this, uh, Damien said, oh, the vanilla ice thing I showed you, if you want Fox. Yes, I was. I, I guess. That I just was wanted to make sure that was covered. Yeah. All right. I, I will sandwich that into the news parts here, actually, because now we have the happy. Now the, the, the happy and sad. All in one week, we got to celebrate the birthday and unfortunate death day of David Bowie. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I just went to his YouTube channel and pressed play. Mm. Just watched videos. Um, I know in the age of Twitter and, and TikTok, there's this. It's mostly with the Beatles where people are like, they weren't even that good. And I'm like, OK. Settle down. Mm. Um, I see it's very much less, but I do see it sometimes with David Bowie. People are like, well, he wasn't even. I'm like, you just. Settle your tea kettle to steal a line from Natty Nightheart. Um, they they all say that now, but on on that day, he was like the greatest thing since sliced bread to like everybody in the world. I I on I hate when celebrities and people die. That's gonna be something else I'm gonna talk about in a second. Sure. But yeah. Well, no, no. Uh, Dave Bowie is one of my uh, biggest regrets because I could have gone to that last tour he did uh, when he came through to Philly. I believe it was the reality tour. Mm-hmm. And go. I'm like, well, I'll see him next time. Mm-hmm. Oops. Mm, yeah, um, but I will re- never forget. Uh, I was up late playing video games because I'm an insomniac. And I had my phone off to the side for a while, which is something I don't usually do, which I do more now that I'm on some meds. Um, and something told me, hey, check your phone. <laughs> and that was the. Alert was a bunch of my friends who were big Bowie fans reaching mm-hmm. out to me in the newsroom. Like he's dead, but you didn't know. I mean, you know, like the Black Star was released, the single was released that November, the video, mm-hmm. and then the album was slated to come out. No, no, the album had came come yeah, out, came out two days then. before he died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I remember pre-ordering it after I saw the video listening to it once going wow this is wow i don't understand how he mm-hmm. doesn't get like he never regresses <laughs> david bowie never regressed in my it's one of it's in the list of about 20 30 artists where you can go they never regressed he never regressed and i think he got better with age which is which is mind boggling for some to say when you go but this stuff came before yes exactly um mm-hmm. But I remember listening to him going, Jesus Christ, this is really good. And then he was dead and then he was gone. Yeah. And it was like a whole other. Well, this is now on repeat. You know, I sat there listening to it over and over again, trying to find the hidden meaning. And then you find out later that he actually did. Do this on purpose because mm-hmm. <laughs> he knew he knew he was going and he knew at one point he was going quicker. He was going quick. Mm-hmm. And this was all That's deliberate. The ma- very bittersweet. The man, you hear the word artist thrown around for a lot of musicians, and fair enough. But there's very few musicians where you can argue that they were a complete artist. And in my opinion, David Bowie was not just a singer, mm-hmm. he was not just a songwriter. David Bowie was an artist. Period. Oh, absolutely. Every absolutely. aspect of, of of his it just 
Uh, that beautiful that video was a beautiful farewell. The, uh, listen, uh, Black Star is an amazing, creepy, fucked up video, but Lazarus is just that is so powerful, and I think it's even more powerful that it's in a weird aspect ratio on YouTube, where it's just like you got to watch it on your phone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, no, he's brilliant. He's brilliant, and 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 the reason why I don't get sad and I don't get upset about it um, is in my mind. I think of the picture that was taken the day before his death outside of New York city with a big wide laugh and smile on his face. Yeah, I'm good. You know, mm-hmm. and I will say this, uh, and this has got to go on the list. My absolute, I've decided and this is all of the years of material and track listing we have of this guy. I truly believe, in my opinion, that Where Are We Now is the best song he ever put out. Love that song. Just Writing it down me. for you in case you forget. <laughs> I will probably forget. Well, on a similar topic in terms of music news that I'm going to completely go off topic on. Um, Another unfortunate death this week in the music world was artist Ronnie Spector. Ronnie Spector. Mm -hmm. I I don't think a lot of people know her past uh, the Any Money song. I don't think so either. Yeah, Zenda, Zenda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. A lot of people don't. I found that out because because people are like, who? And I'll go, you know, the song, be my, be my, be my little bit. No, no, no. And like, what about uh, Take Me Home Tonight, Any Money? Oh, yeah, I know that song. Yeah, that's that's just like Ronnie. It's mm-hmm. just like a Ronnie sang. Mm-hmm. It's not just a random person that he's ran- <laughs> that he's referencing. He's referencing Ronnie Spector, you assholes. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, I'm on the flip side of that, if you can believe it or not. Okay, I knew who she was because of, you know, the doo-wop and days. My dad was huge into doo-wop music and all that. (laughs) I knew who they were. I, honest to to fucking God, not making this up, uh, around September, October, for some reason, that song was, like, popping up everywhere. Take Me Home Tonight, popping up everywhere. Like, when I would go into the car and put on the radio or, like, on the MTV Classic. And it didn't hit me until then that he's saying, just like Ronnie says, I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> okay, I get you. Oh, like yeah. I can never like figure out that lyric for the yeah, life but, for so long. But that's different. You know who Ronnie, the Ronnie was he's referencing. Yes. Mm-hmm. People think it's a random name and it's not even a woman. <laughs> First of yeah. all, Ronnie Spector, one of the most beautiful creatures ever in the world that's ever come through the come down the pike period end of story uh she's also a goddamn legend to so put some bass in your voices boys and girls uh i do want to bring this up since uh take two folks um <laughs> if you know you know uh there's somebody in the news that was going on about what a uh influence ronnie was in her life but the ages aren't seeming to match up Right, Foxy? Yes. Yeah? Who was that? Zendaya. 
Damien's in the uh, chat saying that uh, Zendaya was too damn young. She went on a rant, knows what about her, especially given her age. So it's it, uh, cloud chasing. Yes. A, a lot of a lot of uh, the, the, the now celebrities do the, the clout chasing thing. If someone from the past dies. It's really and the thing is, there are a lot of times you could differentiate who's being genuine about it versus who's just okay. Then the TMZ people are asking me a question; I got to answer it. You know. Oh, it was like that. Okay, well, yeah. yeah. You know what? I'd be terrible because I would. What do you think, what do you think would... about Ronnie Spector's death? What are your feelings on Ronnie Spector's death? Uh... That's a shame. I liked Ronnie Spector. Goodbye. <laughs> I'd be a total dick to TMZ. I'd be like, none of your fucking business. Get out of here. I'd be a terrible, I'd be a terrible celebrity. I'd be like, fuck you. Fuck off. Leave me alone. Yes, I'm eating another sandwich. Go away. Do up, fun fact. Oh, yeah. Do up girl group, the Shirelles, are Passaic, New Jersey natives. And there's a whole big dedication to them in Passaic High School, as well as the streets that Passaic High School is on. I did not know that. <laughs> Fun fact. Right, um, also, uh, via uh, fake news slash paparazzi interviewing, Vanilla Ice actually brought up a hugely important, great, great point that I know, right? That was my face when Damien said it because he watched oh. it and he was even shocked. Okay. Okay. Which falls in because it fell into uh, my day today. I was out at Target and everything was like 90s fashion, like so 90s fashion. I wanted to buy everything again that I owned back when I was a teenager. <clears throat> so then and then right after my mom and I went to the restaurant across the street and I wanted to hug the person in charge of the music that day because they were playing all 90s grunge and alternative. Okay, So then he pulled up an interview with Vanilla Ice where the interviewer asked him why... Um, why did they feel 90s was like the best era of just overall, you know, because if you look at it right now, everything's 90s, 90s, 90s. And he had blatantly said the Internet ruined all of that. It ruined pop culture, it ruined music, et cetera, et cetera. How, you know, in 2004, the first iPhone, iPhone came out, you know, but in the 90s, we didn't have any of that. We didn't have Internet. We didn't have smartphones, et cetera, you know. We had a million different genres of music and different genres of style. And the music influenced the fashion and pop culture, except it was like a nice little trickle effect. But then once, you know, we had computers and smartphones, there was just a loss of pop culture identity. And it's so factual. And the fact that I'm in agreement with something that Vanilla Ice had said is a very strange feeling inside. I have no comment about what Vanilla Ice said because I still won't forgive him for it. No, it's different. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I, uh, that man gets no respect from me. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Fuck you, Mr. Winkle. I don't give a damn. <laughs> I mean, he's right, though. The internet completely changed everything. It changed everything. It ruined a lot of things. It's ruined movies. Um, everybody has to know, you know, everybody... Well, I was talking to my uncle the other day. He still hasn't seen Ghostbusters Afterlife, and he, and he loves Ghostbusters. Not as much as I do. Nobody does. Um, mm -hmm. That's not true, but as far in my life, nobody does. Uh, but he already knew about the end credits because he read about it. 
I'm like, yeah, but do you know the end of the movie? No, no, I had to avoid that. You had to avoid that? Well, please watch the damn movie, please. <laughs> um, everybody has to know now, now. Thank you, Damien. Uh, everybody has to know now, now, now about everything. Uh, wrestling. I'll, I'll, I'll go close to home for you and Damien. Wrestling. Everybody needs to know now if it's a work or a shoot, who's going to be faith, who's going to win, who's coming out the Royal Rumble. No, you don't. You don't need to know. You don't need to know until it happens. You're not that entitled. You're not that important. You are not Dave Meltzer. And even Dave Meltzer's not Dave Meltzer anymore. You're not that, not with Damien's dick. Um, <laughs> No, you're you're not that important. You don't need to know. You don't need answers when something doesn't go your way and a match doesn't go your way and somebody doesn't win that you wanted to win. That's not how storylines work. That's not how writing works. Whether you like the writing or not is not relevant to the conversation. That's not how it works. The same with music. Everybody has to share and leak and share their critique about what this song sounds like versus the song they released the year before. Oh, Ghost, I found out most Ghost fans hate Ghost. <laughs> it's just, I'm, I left all the groups on Facebook of all my favorite bands because everybody just bitches about that band. They know better. They know more. They know what, no, A, about Genesis. No, you don't. Don't try me. Number one, old man. Number one, number two, you're still living in 1975 because it's just everybody. I, and this is coming from me who always talks on Twitter, but I don't go to other people's pages to tell them how they should think. I will never cross that line. I used to, and it was terrible. It's stupid to do that. You want to have a conversation? That's fine. But you don't go, don't wave your internet penis around about things. Just don't do that. People wouldn't be able to handle the birth to the implosion of the mega power storyline over a year long angle. Exactly, Damien. People would have demanded answers the week, the hour, as the show was on. They would have been tweeting WWE like, what's wrong with this storyline? It didn't help that Hulk Hogan was a great actor. Um, Internet but, penis. I'm like sitting here just thinking about an internet penis. Well, like, I meant virtual. Like I meant, I yeah, meant like, your virtual like, penis. Yeah. Coding in like Matrix style, making the outline. Everybody, it's just everything. There's no, nothing's organic. Mm -mm. It's all dictated by people being told what they like or don't like. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's why I don't care about the fashion trends. I, I've never been cool, and I never want to be cool. I'm cool with people, but I'm not considered hip, and I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. And, I mean, so, it, it so in that way, down. in that like, way, Vanilla Ice is right, and that's the nice thing I'll say about it. I mean, that shit trickles down, though, to music also. Like, a lot of artists lately, what they do is they... I mean, we all know artists release singles prior to their actual album, but, you know, with the exception of Taylor Swift right now, who literally can probably do no wrong, or even maybe Adele, a lot of artists are choosing to put out at least six or seven singles out on uh, digital, like, like Spotify and Apple before releasing the full album, because now, now that's, you know, it's not the 90s. It's not like, you know, cassettes and CDs and records where you have to listen to the whole thing to get to your favorite song. With streaming services, you go right to the song you want to hear and that's it. So there's a lot of albums that are great that are going unheard. So artists are releasing 
half their albums like in little tidbits and singles almost like a tv episode on cable that way by the time the album comes out you know it's only hey i'll now i could listen to all of these because i like them and oh there's other ones in between you might not like ghost internet people however the way they release stuff is still in the 80s way which is is where they're stuck anyway Mm -hmm. you got a video you got maybe one or two singles then the album came out and that was Mm -hmm. it you were done on top of that ghost has a whole video series leading up to the album release Mm -hmm. they just wet your whistle and then you don't know until later when you listen to the album that they've been placing little pieces of the album in these videos. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like when they reveal who Cardinal Copia is the first time when who's the new leader of the band yeah. years ago when it was Cardinal Copia, not Papa Four, they had a uh, pro uh, memoria, the intro to it playing in the background. I had no idea that was part of the album. And then you listen to the album first time you go, ah, brilliant. Mm-hmm. They make you wait. Ghost makes you wait. And it's their fault the plague is going on right now because Papa Four got uh, uh, introduced and then coronavirus. His fault. Um, which is fitting. Especially that first song. The first track they released being Rats. And it was mean? all about the plague. And it was like, fuck! Ooh, this is timely. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I, the way it used to be the way it used to be. I sound like an old man yelling at cloud. The way it used to happen where uh, Dan, I haven't yet, but did you hear Ghost Enter Sandman? Oh, I downloaded that months ago, sir. (laughs) (laughs) I did see it got released on I have a record play, which we'll talk about later um, in things you're listening to now. Um, I looked at it. I was like, oh, that's cool. I wish I get that vinyl. Oh, wait, I can get that vinyl. Never mind. But I don't care about Volbeat, so I don't know if I want that. But anyway, yes, it's it's actually good. Good, it's a great version. It's a great interpretation of Understandment, and which goes on our covers list, where it's not a complete abs- absolute cover. My other favorite cover from Ghost being "Here Comes the Sun" by the Beatles, because they take "Here Comes the Sun," which is this beautiful song written by George Harrison, and go whoop. <laughs> they put minor chords in it, and it's like, oh, okay. Um, the way singles used to work is the album would be released. You get one or two singles ahead of time or two music videos, but we'll take invisible touch. For instance, mm-hmm. there's nine tracks on that album. Seven of them are singles. And those singles were getting released like a year and a half after the album had already come out. That's how much of a juggernaut music used to be. Yeah. At its peak in the eighties mm-hmm. music releases and money. And, and now it's like, some songs. It used, to, it used to be that literally one new album would be considered a new album for at least two years, you know, on like MTV or even Radio Wave with single after single after single, to the point where almost an entire album was released as singles with yeah. X amount of music videos attached. You'd go on tour for about two to three years for yeah. that album. And then you work on your next one. But now instant gratification, you want, you want, you want. Like right now, the smartest person right now I feel in the music industry is Rihanna. She hasn't released a new fucking album in years. And her fans are pissed. And it's fucking great because she's like, I'm taking a break. I'm working on makeup. Chill the fuck out. I have a life, (laughs) y'all. Yeah. And it's like good for fucking her. She had all these hits. 
all like back to back hits, you know, collaborations going on. And then she just went, you know what? We go break. back further than that to the sixties mm. when, you know, rock and roll was still brand new. And like for, again, the Beatles, for example, were putting out like three or four singles and like two albums a year. Yeah. I mean, it's great. Before music videos. Yeah. yeah. It's like you have that much material. That's great. You got to do it to stay relevant back then. Well, but once like, they once they started putting music videos out, they were like, here's a music video. The album's coming out later. I'll see you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even the Beatles. Beatles did that. When they stopped touring, they were like, we're not doing TV shows either. Here's a promo video for Strawberry Fields, Ed, uh, Ed Sullivan. Well, well, the album's coming out in a week. See ya. Mm-hmm. And that was it. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, uh, yeah no, I, the internet is the greatest tool in the world and also its most dangerous. And I'm not talking about just life itself. I'm talking about just the pure enjoyment of things. It's just, you know. Agreed. I I was blocking words. I I had to block Ghostbusters Afterlife when the screenings were coming out because because people, why can't you go to a screening of a movie and the director say, please don't tweet it or tell anybody and immediately go home. It's it's like, you son of a bitch. What's so hard with saying, hey, I saw it. I enjoyed it. I can't wait for you guys to see it. Yeah. Like, what's so wrong with that? (sighs) Clouts. For clouts. You know, people have been telling me I've been looking for clout for years, and I don't have any. So, what the fuck? Help me. Do they even know what the word means? No, no. Probably not. Probably not. Well, that's what we got as far as the quote-unquote news for the music world. So now, year in review. What we've listened to the most, what caught our attention that might have been new, what was new to us that might have been old, what? This is not fair. Okay. Because 2021... I didn't listen to any new music last year, man. And 2021 was the year that Genesis came back. So I was just listening to Genesis like crazy, trying not to lose my mind because of coronavirus. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything new. I really, I, I really think I, the new killers album, uh. there was a new killers album uh, that you know, they released an album that they had finished right before coronavirus, released it during in 2020, postponed their tour dates because pandemic, and then decided while they were sitting around doing nothing, they didn't decide as they were sitting around doing nothing, they got one of the original three guys back and wrote another album. Nice. That's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, other than that, there wasn't any really new music last year that I got into. It was all just uh, all what's old is new again, in a sense. Yeah, I was all about Genesis last year. You know, it was a. I said it before. I'll say it again. This is the short version. It was a bonus seeing these guys that they weren't ever supposed to tour again, and they did. So. I was just going back and listening. Got a new surround sound system. Was listening to the surround mixes. I mean, as far as quote unquote new, I mean, 
I think I only discovered two new artists this year. Like, and I can't pinpoint like a genre with them, which is a great thing. Like genres are just fucking sometimes too boxy, but like, I call it sludge music. Cause it's, you can't, yeah. Cause it's like, it has some rock elements, but then there's some electronic elements, but there's also like pop to it. It, it, So it's like a really hard genre to describe. Um, so like one of the artists that I consider sludge is one that I sent to you, which was skinned. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, skinned Damien actually found them, her, whatever you want to duo solo or I don't I can't even fucking figure that out but it uh they make music about true crime and again the lyrics are uh, are usually from either the point of view of the uh perpetrator oh, if man. not it's discussing what happens in the crime and the music videos artistically fit said crime like they have a song about columbine they have a song about uh tyler hadley which was a kid that decided to take three ecstasy tabs kill his parents and then have a house party in the same house where his dead parents were just hanging wow, out man he's accomplished more than i have in my life already right and they the my, one of my favorite songs by them is called michelle carter it's about the uh the girl that got arrested and tried because she convinced her boyfriend to commit suicide because he was constantly talking about it. And she's like, just get it the fuck over with blah, blah, blah. So like it's yeah. No, Matt was just saying that's like uh, the black Dahlia murder. It's usually from the perspective of the murder. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's like, like I said, I, it's their genre list. And I, 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 the only, I could call it sludge because it's murder rock, like, different things they like, put together. Yeah. And like, there's a couple of other bands and shit that fit that mold of you can't pinpoint what they are. Murder and core. I... <laughs> Murder that was from, core. that was from Matt. She right. I like that. Murder. Yeah. Core. Murder core. I like that. Murder core. Is that what it's called? I don't No, I'm I mean... asking. I'm asking Matt. I want, if that's what it's See, called, I'm going to keep that. That's pretty cool. It would be really like offsetting too, because can you imagine someone going, "Oh, murder core"? That sounds hard. He's just like riffing. Doom metal type shit. I, I like I that thought, though. I thought he's being serious. Like, I'm just riffing. I like that though. It was called Skinned, yeah, Matt. He yeah, was skinned. Uh, Fox was talking about Skinned. Yeah, S K Y N D Skinned. Um, but you yeah, know, uh, I think of uh, one song popping in my head about the perspective of murderer is. Uh, 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 nothing to gain by uh, Mudvayne. I could have just black blanking on their name. It's about Ed Gein from his mm-hmm. his mind, his perspective. You know what a guy. Not my favorite. No. 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 I only like two songs from them. Uh, nothing to gain and uh, oh, <laughs> uh, the hit. I meant murderers. <laughs> oh, well, I don't like murderers either. <laughs> not my favorite murderer. No, no, not my favorite murderer. <laughs> Ted Bundy's my favorite. No, um, you know I really like mine. Jeffrey Dahmer. He's really cool. I just realized I stole that from Demolition Man at the end when he's thawing out murders. He goes, mm-hmm. he's going through names. He goes, Jeffrey Dahmer. 
I love that guy, which is hilarious because oh what he, yeah, that's hilarious. It's Wesley Snipes going, I love that guy. <laughs> um, no, it occurred to me that uh, Joe Berlinger did a uh, documentary about Ted Bundy, the Ted Bundy interview tapes, mm. and did a document that um, did. Did anybody think of the victim's perspective in any of this shit? Yeah, right. Which is ironic because literally that year, Oxygen produced a an in, uh, a documentary about that the people who survived him. Uh, you know who survived him, Blondie. Really, Debbie Harry got picked up by Ted Bundy in New York. No shit. Yeah, yeah, and nothing ever happened, but. Later, like soon after he was arrested and she recognized him on the news, she was like, shit, I just got into his fucking Volkswagen. Isn't that creepy? Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was Debbie Harry was one of thank. But yeah, no, th- there was a counter. It's a great documentary. Joe Berlinger, the director of Blair Witch 2. Um, I like that movie, so fuck you people. Um did that documentary and he did that movie starring uh, Zach, uh, Zach Efron and Lily Collins. I don't know who this Lily Collins chick is, but she must have a talented family. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I was going on a tangent. Anyway, take back over before I go crazy. Uh, yeah, so, um, what I'm saying is fuck murderers. Yeah, that. <laughs> uh, I, I I noticed when I was looking at my Spotify for this like particular topic today, I like my music went through so many phases this year when it came to like binging stuff because it started my 2021 started out with me all about industrial pop and and the the synth wave, but somehow from there it merged to motivational rock. If you can call it that, not like Christian rock and like skillet and all that, not like that, but like hard rock songs that like lyrically motivate you. So it, it binged through that. Then I binged complete 90s grunge and like alternative, like rediscovering songs that I didn't hear when I first heard the albums, et cetera, et cetera. Then I went to a sludge binge. Murdercore. Murdercore. Somewhere along the lines in between that, I finally decided to give Hailstorm a shot. Cause Oh yeah. For some reason, I hate Hailstorm. You told me that, and I'm like, yeah. huh. All right. I don't know why. Like I liked like two of their songs when they first came out, and then after that I just hated them. Like Lizzie Hale's face just irks me. Not that she's not hot, she's gorgeous, but I see her face and I just want to punch her in the face. I don't know why. It's for legal reasons. She's kidding. Yes. Lizzie Hale could probably kick my ass. I would try, but I would pay money to see this. <laughs> Please. I gave, I, I gave Hailstorm a try this year. I did. Mm-hmm. I don't hate them anymore, but I don't particularly like them. Like, I'm not going to go out of my way to see them in concert or go out of my way and go, oh, Hailstorm has a new album. But the stuff I did hear, I did enjoy. That's the same. I'm the same with Hailstorm. I, I I'll hear what's on the radio, but I haven't bought any of their albums. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were very uh, hit and miss for me. I, Matt said, "I don't know. They're just a generic hard rock band." Yeah, Agreed. yeah. Agreed. Like, because when they came out, they came out in around two th- between 2005 and 2007. 
because I say it like that because between 2005, 2007, if you listen to any hard rock song from that two year time span, it's all about sex. Legitimately. Mm. Like you had fucking, you know, uh, no, I'm not saying anything, but I loved it. Like it's the, the dirty girl rock, so to speak. You had that song porn star dancing and animals by Nickelback and like, you know, they were taking the the R and B baby making songs and changing them to rock like shit. I wanna fucking burn out. <laughs> it was a great time period for hard rock music. They literally went back to the sex, drugs, and rock and roll era, yeah. and that's when Hailstorm popped out because their first single was the exact same thing. But Hailstorm just it. didn't. <laughs> their their first track was um I get off. Oh yeah, I get off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't remember the song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and it fit that time period of like you know the songs like Crazy Bitch and and all these other Crazy Bitch by Sex on Buck Fire. Cherry. Yeah, uh, Sex on Fire. Yeah, Buck Cherry. Matt just Buck literally cherry. said ahem, Buck Cherry. Yeah, Buck Cherry. <laughs> yeah, Sex on Fire was Kings of Leon. Yeah, but like every like hard rock song that came out was about sex, and it was hot like. I still listen to that shit now, but they did it like Hailstorm, I feel just didn't evolve. And while it has that nice classic hard rock sound to it, it's just meh. Two things. Matt said skin reminds me of Poppy, but with a bit of gothic electronica or something. Yes. And that's then, right. Yeah, and Matt just added to the conversation. Yes, exactly. They were trying to reinvigorate but also think that they kind of saw how bands like Avenged Sevenfold had to change their sound. So they tried to group that into the harder rock. And I think he's talking about um, Hailstorm. Uh, Hailstorm. Thank you. Yeah. They're okay. They, their singles yes. are good, but I'm not going to keep dive into them like Genesis and go, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. Now, it's, I mean, with some bands, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And it works sure. out perfectly fine. Like Avenged Sevenfold sound is their signature sound. So they're rolling with it good for them acdc every single song of their sound is exactly the same and it's great it, uh, that's not a complaint that's a compliment they can do that and get away with it and it's fucking chef's kiss but you know there are other bands you, you need to grow you need to evolve i mean in this moment alone if you listen to them when they first came out they were screamo metalcore myspace bands and they've evolved into something so much better i mean shit even corn did it corn <laughs> took their new metal bagpipey sound and ended up evolving it into a little bit darker one whole album they decided to do with a uh, dubstep attached to it it was fucking brilliant it you have to you know know your know your own boundaries as a band and go you know what this ain't working no more <laughs> you know who doesn't do that? ACDC. They don't have to. No, they don't. <laughs> they don't fucking have to. Nope. Uh, I just remembered as we were talking about this, and you said the word industrial, um, mm -hmm. because the only way I can describe this album is industrial chamber music. Uh, in 2021, Danny Elfman returned <laughs> with a mm -hmm. solo project, and he released an album called Big Mess. And where a lot of hardcore Elfman and Boingo fans, and I am, I mean, I'm so steeped into Boingo recently that I'm, uh, it's an obsession where I, I, it's like, oh my God, I need to learn as much as these guys as possible and learned it all. And, you know, read, read all about them to where I'm like, all right, I'm boned up. I'm just this experience. 
the only thing I didn't do is see them live. But um, uh, they don't like the album. I loved it. I listened to it a bunch. And it was just mm-hmm. him. <laughs> Matt said fucking Danny Elfman off the damn rail with some nine inch, nine, nine inch nails type stuff. Um, he just uh, Elfman, you know, he's a composer and COVID like with everybody else in the world stopped his industry uh, for a while completely. And he was writing songs. Now, the first thing he did was he covered himself and redid a Boingo song running on treadmill. And he actually added lyrics like he did the original song, but added a verse that pertained to, you know, the madness of today. Uh, And I was like, oh, my God, he he did a Boingo song. I'm puffing here. And then immediately it was like, oh, and here's a single. Oh, by the way, an album's coming out. And it's, I really liked it. I thought it was fan-fucking-tastic. Um, it's, and like the reason why I say it's industrial chamber, because it's electric, it's rock. Mm-hmm. It's rock and orchestra and electronics. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how to, prog- it's progressive rock, I guess. Yeah. But, um. You know, I'm doing the old fashioned thing where everything that wasn't standard rock and roll was called progressive. But there you go. And I listen to it over and over. There's a song called Love in the Time of COVID, which is fantastic. Oh. Happy. Sorry. Uh, very, very political album. And there was a couple. This is also around the time I left all the Facebook boards I was on, except for like three uh, where people were like, Danny Elfman political. I don't understand. I'm like, oh, boy, boy, have you never listened to. Boingo Boingo before. I mean, he's written parody songs about the cons- the the hardcore right called capitalism, how there's nothing wrong with the capitalism, like very sarcastic shit. Um, yeah, he's always had like this really hardcore, sarcastic, political, not all of it. It's not Roger Waters where like every song is a political statement or 90% of a song is political statement. He'd throw one or two in each album where he had something to say, this was completely about what was going on with the current administration at the time, the world with COVID, everybody's mental health, his mental health. It was completely um, something I needed last year. I'll put it that way. You know, it's been a lot of moments of panic and worry in the last two years, almost three now. And that was, it felt like someone understood me, <laughs> mm. you know, it's one of those. He's talking to me things with also acknowledging he wasn't yeah. talking to me, but he is. I wonder if system of the down took influence from that up. Probably. Aren't they from California? System of a down. Yeah. Aren't they West coast? I mean, I think they're from, well, no, they're Serbian, right? But well, yeah, from, but yeah, I think, I, think I mean the Calvary. band. Yeah. I have to look that up. It's but yeah, if it, it, it's so funny, the whole state of the world thing, because as I was driving home with my mom this earlier today, Billy Joel's We Can Start the Fire, We Didn't Start the Fire came on, and I'm listening to it, and I'm like, this man needs to make a new We Didn't Start the Fire, because yeah. there's about 13 Please. other verses just in the last three years. It's Armi- he's Armenian, he's from Armenian. Armenian, but it is Glendale, California. Okay. So that makes sense because as they were growing up, well, Boingo owned fucking California. They were huge there. <laughs> like, like they would tour the states and they get okay crowds. They go to California and fill theaters or big amphitheaters. So anyway, 
Danny Elfman, Big Mess, listen to it. <laughs> or at least watch the videos, because the, the videos are some mind Fs. Technical, technological and very modern mind Fs, if I, if I do say so myself. I'll send you the links to the to mm-hmm. the one. I'll send you the link to the one. You go, oh, okay, gotcha. Definitely. My boy Nanny Elf. I, I like the description, industrial chamber. That has Indus- me really intrigued. I, I that's the only I literally just came, it popped that those are the two words that popped in my mm-hmm. head when I was trying to put it into one genre. Um because it is like it like um like Matt said, where he was doing Nine Inch Nails, but Nine Inch Nails is like almost completely electronic, and I'm not saying that as a complaint. Yeah, that's the style. It's very electric, dirty, industrial. This has got violins and brass and guitars and so drums. It's, it's like if you if if Nine Inch Nails and like the Philly Pops Enigma <laughs> had like a baby. Yeah, kind of like the old chamber music that came out for some reason was a 90s thing where they had enigma and enya and it's like you feel like you're in a spa it's thing it's very weird to hear this album being a newer air quotes like i've been i've known of boingo all my life but about seven years ago is when kelly was like listen to this oh my god this is they immediately jumped up to one of my top five it was like Mm -hmm. that to me that good yeah so it's very weird to hear elfman because elfman was the leader of the band Mind you, John Avila, happy birthday. Amazing bass player that nobody talks about because he was in Boingo and they never made it past the two big hits they had. Which goes back to the what the hell are you listening to, America? Um, uh, Johnny uh, Vatos, the drummer, is so underrated. He's one of my favorites. And he, he does do stuff that's overly complicated sometimes, but he's not like Neil Peart or Phil Collins or John Bonham, but he can do that. He's a great drummer. And Danny Elfman, who is, in my opinion, a goddamn lyrical genius, and we all know what he can do as a composer. He's a, he's a genius, a musical genius. I mean, the man could have wrote The Simpsons and never worked another day in his life. Yeah. Then he didn't stop there. My point being, it's weird to see that evolution of it started as a uh, like, stand, they did traditional old jazz and blues numbers like Cab Calloway and Louis Armstrong stuff. And then they were a 15 piece because they had all these instruments and then shrunk down to a seven piece. And was it was a ska band that turned into a new wave band that by their last album, they were rock and roll straight up mm-hmm. with all of this production because Danny Elfman, by the time their last album came out, Danny Elfman had been composing music for seven years so there's all this sound and production going into it to him throwing all of it into this album. It's really interesting. Now I've blown Danny Elfman enough. And if he wants me to blow him more, he's going to have to do an interview. <laughs> my friend met him once. My friend Rusty met him. Once. Excuse me. My name, Cy- my friend Cyrus met him once. Kelly's allowed to call him Rusty because she's known him for 30 goddamn years. Uh, he met him once. And he said he was, he was very nice. Elfman was not a jerk at all, but when he sat in the room with him and there's a picture of the two of them together, he just said, I didn't belong in this room with him. I just didn't belong in there. (laughs) And my friend is a musician, but he's like, I don't, I didn't belong here. 
Uh, well, Elfman is, as you know, a composer who has that classical knowledge, but he also has a contemporary musician. He's also a contemporary. Yeah, Weird Street. Yeah, that's a good way of explaining it. That's a good way. I, I do feel if most people did listen to Boingo, they would pick about 10 songs out of their entire history mm-hmm. that they would really like, that they would go, I don't, how did I not hear this before? And that was me. On top of Dead Man Party and Dead Man's Party and Weird Science. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. No more Elfman. You asked. That was my rant. That's fine. Um, I want to know what we're listening to now, though. So you mentioned records. So right now, it's now. right back on the Genesis uh, thingy. <laughs> because mm-hmm. I got a record player for Christmas. Been wanting to start a vinyl collection, a mini one. I don't want a hundred thousand vinyls, but the good thing about vinyl and the good thing about me being old is there, there's, there is new music I listen to, but I don't listen to everything that comes out. So I can be picky about this. And I've decided that ghost, I will buy exclusively vinyl because of their artwork. Mm -hmm. And the good thing about vinyl records these days is that vinyl record comes with the digital copy. Mm-hmm. So I can immediately put it on my iPhone and have all my music still together, but have that gorgeous ghost artwork that they've been putting. Cause another album's coming. Yeah. Um, but I got Genesis. We can't dance from my stepmom got me actually two Genesis albums. Um, <laughs> we can't dance the last one with Phil the second to last album they ever did, and their 1977 live opus, Seconds Out, on vinyl. Uh, Not original vinyl. They were reissues from 2008, but it has the new mixes, which are beautiful. Nice. And I have that going through my surround sound system soundbar, so all the pops and the clicks are in one channel, and all the music. It sounds great. Um, I have... I can't believe I'm going to explain this live. Let me catch up here for man. Vinyl artwork is the best. My dad got rid of all his vinyls. Yeah. Mm. So did my dad. And then Twitch didn't notify bad Ash or Matt. We were live. Thanks Twitch. Nobody watches as it is. And you couldn't tell everybody that does want to watch that was on. Thanks. Appreciate that. <laughs> um, <laughs> how do I explain this? And everybody who's listening, look this man up yourself. And just discover what I grew up with. He's not one of my favorites. He's not even a favorite. He's a Philadelphia local legend who was on TV for 40, 45 years. And his name is Larry Ferrari. Larry Ferrari was an organ player. Larry Ferrari played his organ on TV, on Channel 6, in Philadelphia for 45 goddamn years. That's what he did. It was literally a half an hour of him playing his organ on Sunday morning on TV. After after the, I'm an organ player. Wow, Badass was in here two minutes, went right to the bowl. Um, (laughs) Right to it, right to the dick. Um, he uh, came on after a show I grew up with as a kid who was also on for 40 years. Captain Noah, it's a children's show, Captain Noah and his magical arc. Uh, 
for those playing the home game, that's actually where the Philly fanatic mascot made his debut was on this kid's show before he was at veteran stadium later that day, making his work, his national debut for the Phillies. Um, the reason I say that is because Larry Ferrari did the theme song and the music for Captain Dawn and his magical art, which is just an organ, an electric organ with all the presets that are in it. Now he's a hell of an organ player, but like, again, he's not one of my favorite. It's just a local novelty. The reason I'm telling you this is Kelly, a couple of years ago, while she was thrift store shopping, found two records. One is something I've never seen before, and I'll tell you about that next. The other one was an actual album he put out, which is just an album of organ covers of standards at the time called Larry Ferrari Reminisce. It's just organ songs, man. It's just it's just organ. That's all he did on TV for 45 fucking years, Foxy. But I I grew up watching him. My Sunday mornings were watching Captain Noah and Delaire Ferrari Church. (laughs) The other records she found were two recorded LP vinyls. So this person took his farewell speech when he retired or it was an anniversary off the radio or it sound some of it sounds live. I only pieced through it a little bit before I listened to the whole thing of like a award speech or an anniversary or retirement speech of Larry Ferrari randomly at a thrift store on a recorded vinyl. I didn't even know you could do that. Me neither. So I have a lot of vinyl I'm catching up on and I will be buying music exclusively from vinyl, which is good because everybody releases vinyls these days. Uh, I I love the vinyl shit. I, I, I have a mini, it's not half a mini collection, but with my, with mine, I only did, I decide to only get get albums that I thought were like pinnacle or like, cause I still have CDs too. I only keep CDs of certain artists that I like absolutely love or just, albums that i feel are like top fucking tier albums as a whole just so i could hear it with like the creaks and the scratches yeah the little jumps and the static so i get it i absolutely get it i think the first i don't count the him album but the first album i bought for my record player which i've always i always have regardless of what time and year and whatever like i was ahead of the curve i always make sure my stereo is am fm dual cassette cd and vinyl so i have the whole big stereo thing going on the first album i had to rebuy was labyrinth on vinyl oh god yeah hell yeah and as far as ghosts i think i have melora right now yeah i think that's the only one i have at the moment of them which is my favorite one same yeah, it's it's good artwork, but yeah, I even want the EPs that they've done. Mm-hmm. But I've decided because I only have I have all of their music digitally, but I only have uh, Prickel and um, what was the live one called? Off the, the one, top of my head, I don't remember. I can't remember now. Damn, uh, Daniel, look it up. Um, <laughs> the uh, it it was from the um, Meliora tour. Mm-hmm. Then it's I'm blanking on the name of it, but um I have those two on CD. Mm-hmm. But I'm getting rid of that shit. <laughs> get it, get it on vinyl. Get it on. 
Uh, it's really weird because like I was born on the where CDs were, also existed, but my family still had CD play, uh, record players. Ghosts, Danny. Um, and when I plugged in the C, uh, record player, it, I didn't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, we're good. Listen to a whole album. It was Christmas, and I was listening to Genesis on vinyl in 2021. Nice. Two weeks after seeing them live. <laughs> <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that seems to have been like the general theme for like all of 2021 and so far 2022 for me with everything is what fucking year am I in? Everything that's old is now new again to me. And it's fucking it's great. Well, I mean, again, to point out. In the same week, I saw a new Ghostbusters movie and Genesis Live. What yeah. is happening? I did it twice because then I saw Genesis Live and then took my dad and my sister to see Ghostbusters. Two weeks later. So what is happening? <laughs> I don't know, but it's great. I love it. Ceremony and devotion, by the way. Ah. Couldn't damn. One of my favorite record label names, Loma Vista. <laughs> Mine is Road Runner. Ah, uh, good. Are Road they still Runner. around? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Road Runner Records. Road Runner Records. Wow. It's I did just not fun know. to say. Road Runner Records. Road Runner Records. From the pinnacle to the pit. No, no, yeah, no, no. The Ceremony and Devotion was the uh, the live album. Uh, Road Runner Records. Why do I know them specifically? Uh, well, I know they were highly responsible for Typo Negative's early career. Uh, I believe. Oh, no. Electra owns them. Boo! No, Nine Inch Nails wasn't a part of it. He the, he had something else. He had Interscope. Coheed and Cambria in this moment. Uh, yeah, Roadrunner. They're they're still doing. Actually, it, oh, okay. See, so this is the weird fucking thing. You just yeah. literally said Coheed and Cambria. Did you not? I did. Oh my god! All right, so literally, that has been what I've been binging this week. Oh really? Yes. I never really Cinch. listened. Sorry. It's okay. The band Cinch. We'll get into that in a second. Go ahead. All right. I never listened to Cobre- Coheed and Cambria ever because, well, I knew like two songs, but who doesn't? But by the way, we were talking about them last night. <laughs> were you really? Yeah, this is, okay. This is weird. This is so weird. <laughs> yeah. So one of my friends, when they first came out, thought they were like the second coming of Christ. So, of course, I'm just like, all right, whatever. I'm not listening to this fucking band. Because you <laughs> listen to that weird indie rock shit that you can only hear in college radio stations. And yeah, I hate you. Towns, whatever. So, I never gave them a shot. Couldn't, sure. couldn't care less. Right. But, for some reason, this week, I had one of the songs I did know stuck in my head. I'm like, eh, whatever. I'll listen to the song later just to get the earworm out. I go into my car to pick up my son. And I always have it attuned to one radio station. The minute I pop it on, usually it's typo negative playing. It's fucking Coheed and Cambria. I'm like, okay, fine. I like this. Whatever. So I go home, maybe a day. This is like a day or two later. I'm watching MTV and they were playing a rock section. Coheed and Cambria plays. I'm like, fucking hell. Like, let me just listen to the three songs I know by them. Get this out of my system. So I did. But then later on that evening, I'm like, let me uh, just let, let me see what else they got. Just check it out. I'm like, now I'm like binging 
Queen and Cambria. And I'm like, ah, okay, they're really not that bad. And again, you just mentioned it again. This is like, okay, this is a sign of 2022. I have to listen to Coheed and Cambria all year. Yeah, uh, Matt says Coheed's vocals are very unique. I know when they started, when they were, not when they started, but when they started getting airplay on MMR, um, they were comparing them, not that they weren't saying they're good as Rush. They were saying it sounds like Rush. Yeah, I, rem- I remember similar being said. Yeah, so uh, yes, Roadrunner Rec- Road Records apparently is still thing. There was a band that came out. Uh, they were local to Philly. They're from Doylestown uh, in the early 2000s called Cinch. Mm-hmm. And they had a thing called an ocular, ocular noise machine, which is basically like a guitar and a keytar and a keyboard mixed into one instrument. Mm-hmm. And they released a couple albums. Uh, an album I still listen to this day and a, and, and a couple songs I still listen to 20 years later. Um, but uh, yeah, they were Roadrunner Records. That was the first time I would have heard of Roadrunner Records was the band called Cinch and they are going to get on our list. Yes, nice. I'll write that down for you. Yes, please don't let me forget Cinch because I'll probably listen to it after we're done here. Yeah, this Coheed and Cambria thing's fucking me up. It's like, oh my God. Uh, they will not everywhere. be on the list. What, Coheed? Yeah, don't put them on. I'm kidding. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck them. No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, so January has only been like a few weeks, obviously. And literally in these in this short few weeks, I've binged. This week has been all Kohi that I've been binging. The two weeks prior, my big binging genre was like Viking fantasy power metal. <laughs> okay. Who? A uh, little bit of Dragon Force. A uh, little bit of... Fuck. I can't think of their name right now. Fuck? Wow, what a yeah. name. Great band. Has, has there been a name band name called Fuck? I don't know. Not sure they appear on it, but Roadrunner released an album called Roadrunner United that was collabs with all different bands that were signed to Roadrunner. They probably were if it was in the early 2000s. Yeah, they always did like little compilation discs <laughs> yeah. of like who they had. What's the band's name? It is Glory Hammer. Glory Hammer. I know Glory, Glory Hammer. Hammer. Uh, yes, Glory Hammer. And so I've been binging that kind of genre last two weeks. But one particular song, thanks to fucking TikTok, that I've been binging every day since like january started is river by broken love holy crap i can't wait to hear that one on your list then it's like it's rock but this song is just sexy as fuck (laughs) it's one of those songs where you're just like oh this is yes the beat is just yes it's fucking, it's just sexy. Open I up can't... my pants right now. Yeah. Uh, Badass says, fuck, I'm down. Will your husband mind? <laughs> I, I really don't like to say it this way because it sounds egotistical, but it's not. It's just unfortunate fact. But you're going to have to get in line. Mm. <laughs> Behind me. Uh, Joycey Danny says, fuck, yep. Here, here's the answer to my question. Fuck is an admit. American indie rock band formed in Oakland, California in 1993. Damn it. Wow. Crass. 
Oh, please, Matt. Look who you're talking to. Of course we're crass. Uh, Badass says, as soon as you see me, I'm in the front of the line. Let's not get hasty. <laughs> Let's not get hasty. Jesus. Yeah, so here we are, January 15th, and I've already binged, like, one particular song, one particular band, and one entire genre. I know this is going to sound nerdy. Yeah. But, you know, we do a show called Nerd Herders, so the cat's out of the bag. Uh, right after uh, Afterlife came out on digital... I bought because it only by again. I want to point this out. Ghostbusters two score never came out till this past year. Mm-hmm. And that movie came out in eighty nine, but I bought the Ghostbusters two soundtrack and the Afterlife soundtrack. So I've literally been binging that. There you go. Not even Ghostbusters kidding. Ghostbusters two soundtrack, not the score, but the soundtrack. Soundtrack's that good. Pretty hot. That That's goes good back to album. That goes back to the Oingo Boingo connection. The first time. I heard Uncle Boingo off the radio. Kelly, we're in a thrift shop. Kelly finds the album called Dark at the End of the Tunnel. Great title, by the way. And um, you still there? Yeah. I thought I lost yes. you. Um, no, I'm here. So I'm listening. Dark at the End of the Tunnel. And we're listening to it. And it first of all, it starts off with just heavy percussion. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, then we get to a song called Flesh and Blood. And I'm listening to it going... I know this song. Why do I know this song? And I'm listening to it and listening to it. And it gets to the chorus and I'm like, I had an epiphany. Kelly, I know why I know the song. Ghostbusters 2. Here's the funny thing, though. The song is in the movie without lyrics or words. It's an instrumental version. I have seen that damn movie so much that I knew the song with the words in it because I had heard the instrumental version so much in the movie in the background in one of the scenes. It's literally in the background underneath dialogue. And I was still like, I know this song. I love this band. That was so, it was, it was as simple as that. I'm like, and the way the other song sound, I was like, all right, I'm a Boingo guy. Let's I'm going to get as much as possible. Boom. Done. Nice. And that was the beginning of uh, uh badass. It's in the scene where, um, after the bathtub attacks Dana, when the slime's in it, Pete, she goes to Pete's apartment. Pete calls Ray and Egon back at the station and it cuts to, you know, Ray and Ray on the phone. You hear his side of the conversation with Pete. He walks over to Egon. They're talking about Vigo and the connection to slime in the background. There's a beat. There's a song playing with drums and bass and brass. It's Oingo Boingo, Flesh and Blood. Flesh and Blood, not Flesh and Blood. That's Johnny Cash. Flesh, letter N, Blood. Isn't it so satisfying when you finally find a song that you know you've heard somewhere? It's, it's so, but, but I, I, there's no way I should have recognized it. It's a song. It wasn't a hit. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a no, it's, like it's a nothing just, song. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, I know, I know this. Immediately went home, watched the movie, just as an excuse to watch the movie again. I was like, there it is, right there. <laughs> I've, done, I, I've done the same. Oh, this is technically not cheating. Last year, they released remasters of the first four Boingo albums, and I got them, and they sound fucking phenomenal. 
which is good. It's Rebellion. This It's an independent site that has been doing remasters of albums for like 30, 40 years. But it's just some guy. It's like a little tiny company doing it called Rebellion or Rubellin. Uh, unfortunately, Boingo, Oingo Boingo's master tapes were one of the master tapes lost in that fire at Warner mm. or BMI years ago. So you're never going to get a proper remaster. But these guys... It wasn't a simple remaster of the album where they went to the tapes that they hadn't cleaned it up. They did that, but they put extra tracks in and cleaned them up too. Single versions, B-sides, demos, mind-blowing amount of stuff on it. And I binged that when that first came out in like June or July. So that's another thing. It's all going back to Danny Elfman this episode. Mm-hmm. Anywho. Any whore. Any whore. That's yours. I'm, that's that's full credit to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, mu- music as a whole right now, I think everything I'm finding music-wise, to, with the exception of like the Viking stuff and the uh, <laughs> Coheed and Cambria. Anything I love the I've Viking had, shit. That's making me laugh so much. Anything I've been finding that's quote-unquote new has literally been via TikTok. I'm, I'm not even going to lie. I'm gonna be honest. I'm on TikTok a lot more than I probably should. Okay, phone. Thank you. Um, but when I hear music, I'm mostly annoyed by it because I'm trying to hear the audio and the TikTok, and people don't know how to mix TikTok audio correctly. So I'm ignoring it. So I'll forget about it. <laughs> the only ones that I'm familiar with is oh no, oh no, oh no, 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 no. Yeah, and what's what's the prob dog? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know how I got into booby TikTok. Hey, some somehow or another, I'm on like the algorithm is freaking weird when it comes to that because mine is like all book talk, um, like teacher TikTok, some music stuff, and then like uh, narc talk, which is like narcissism exposing narcissists i'm like yeah yeah i'm on that i'm on uh um taking down trumpers um and uh boobies i'm not actually confused why i'm on boobies i liked one (laughs) i liked one tweet i liked one tiktok where yeah now it's just and i'm not scrolling by doesn't matter where you (laughs) Never mind. I'm done talking. Yeah, but I'm, yeah, a lot of, I try not to listen to the radio when I'm in the car. I usually put my Spotify on. But even so, like, my mom's car doesn't have the capability for the aux cord, unfortunately. So we have to listen to you know, the top 40 stuff that's out these days. And it's like. The rare time I hear, the only time I hear radio is I do listen to Preston Steve in the morning still. And I listen to the live feed from MMR. So I, I hear music sometimes. Because uh, most of the time it's getting blocked by. Um, not blocked, but it's getting muted out yeah it's no no not interference it's getting i listen to it on the internet so there's no interference yeah um it's getting they're playing an internet exclusive track because it's not the same rights and privileges Mm. as you would on the radio 
So a lot of it gets blocked out. So the rare times I'll hear a new song go, hey, hey, hey. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, I don't listen to the radio. It's all I, it's all iPhone. If I do listen in my car, I, I only listen to <clears throat> uh, WSOU, which is the uh, Seton Hall Pirate Radio. <laughs> but like every, everything else I've tried, we, my, in the car today with my mom, like it's all the, the typical pop stations, you know, Z100, KTU, whatever. And I'm like, I'm going through each of them because they're annoying, but like three stations have the same damn song on it. And it's like, this isn't even good. And I'm, I like a guilt. I love a guilty pleasure song. I love a good dance song, a good pop song. You know, I, I, I listen to anything. I don't really give a shit. But overall, it was like, this is just not good. At all. And they all sound the same again. It, it's like that period of time where when that Ed Sheeran song came out, The Shape of You, I hate that fucking song. Every song that came out that week sounded just like that song. And I, you couldn't differentiate if it was the, him or not. The death row of radio for me personally was in the last couple of years before pandemic, 2018, 19 um, video truly killed the radio star. No, this is why I, I do I use support radio because I, WMMR, I love my boys and girls there. You know, I, I'll, I'll always support them, but um. Going back to Ghost for a second, Rats is not a long song. To me, it's a perfect length. The radio version cuts out the refrain and the end music instrumental part. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I think I'm done. Video so that only killed the radio. That's all out. Yeah, what? Video only killed the radio star as far as aesthetics go. Sure. Because once once you were able to see, oh, this person is good looking, let's feature them more, even though this not good looking person is a better artist. That's the only way video really killed the radio star. I mean, and, and now what? Videos are only on YouTube. MTV is is just television. It's not music. You can't watch a music video unless you have MTV Classic or MTV2. Which doesn't, it which more so caters to like a college radio station type of crowd. Listen, I just want to point out that Genesis had a very mm-hmm. good video, but they were fugly men. Um, I'm kidding. Well, I'm not kidding, but you know what I mean. Uh, also, <laughs> Damien says it's also like you said in reference to Bowie, and this goes with so many of his generation and before. There are very few true artists now. Mm hmm. It's fact. A lot of the, a lot, and, and I hate to say it this way because, you know, when, when you become a musician or you want to be a singer, you know, it's a fucking, it's rough to even try to get someone to hear your shit to get signed. But in the same right, there's not a lot of longevity with some of the artists that come on now. You, you really think in about 10 years, we're also going to be listening to Doja Cat? Who? Exactly. Tim Casher is a true artist. Like, <laughs> I mean, I've I've never heard a Doja Cat song, but she's all Ooh, over the place. I thought that was an internet meme. <clears throat> no, she's a real person, and apparently quite huge. But again, I don't see the longevity. A lot of a lot of this is instant gratification, fly by night one. Now I can't say one hit wonder, maybe one album wonder, 
but there's no longevity whatsoever with most of the artists that come out. And if you do, you're lucky. I have no idea who this person is. <laughs> I'm old. I try to keep up. I try to keep up. You know, Ariana Grande should be happy she's lasted as long as she has. Doja Cat is known for boss bitch. That did not help me at all. <laughs> can't, ha- can't count how many times I've seen clips from America's Got Talent, seen a singer, and go, that's amazing. Then wonder how is this person not a star in comparison to what is commercially famous? Preach. Preach. Aesthetics. The only it's, thing holding me back is because I'm. It's suddenly. a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag between not aesthetically pleasing enough, or this person doesn't want to play the game. Once you get into it, Danny said it was part of the Birds of Prey movie soundtrack. That's still not helping me. I don't know <laughs> what the song sounds like. Where is that in the movie? Help me, help you. <laughs> I don't know what fucking song that is. <laughs> oh God! I mean, think about it this way: as far as like longevity go, is is even concerned here? Okay. <laughs> Justin Bieber. Yeah. What's he doing right now? I don't know. I think he's Nothing. still trying to get his monkey out of customs in Germany. But, but that that that's just unfortunately my point. You know, his last album <laughs> hurts to say it was really good. Had a lot of great earworms, great radio play, music videos, et cetera, et cetera. And at this time, he was huge, right? But where was the longevity? Literally, where is he right now? Uh, badass says apparently boinking Alec Baldwin's daughter. Yes, that's yeah, that. All right, fair enough. That. Like, still a household name, but again, as far as being a musician is concerned, he's he did a featured thing and another TikTok famous song, but the longevity of his career is no longer there. Want, wait, what is going I want Foxy to beatbox. <laughs> uh, uh, I just heard the uh, Doja Cat song, and I hate my life. But I do know the beat, so I, I I don't remember where that is in the movie, but I do I do recognize it. But uh, everybody recognized the beat because it was ripped off from another popular song somewhere. Probably, yeah. But everybody who was watching the stream saw my reaction, and I think I lasted about thirty eight seconds, and I was like, "All right, being done." Mm-hmm. I tried. You tried. Anyway, Foxy, you wanna you wanna take us home? You wanna take us home tonight? Just like Veronica said. Just like Ronnie said. Thank you, Ronnie. Give it to there. <laughs> Joja Cat actually got sued for sampling from a metal band. What a surprise. Lasted 38 seconds. Sounds about right. That's never been a problem, Badash. Not that you'd know. Um, wow, really? Twitch your sensors that much? Yes. If I played Doja Cat on my stream, I would get a copy. I would got a copyright infringement, even if I uh-huh. played it on my phone. That's why I had to mute it. Sorry. Go ahead. Take over. Now, I was going to say that's been, I mean, we all know the big trend is, has always been sampling 
other people's music. It's it's just interesting how now it's not sampling. Like people are blatantly ripping off. I follow I follow this one guy on TikTok who plays a popular song for the moment, and then right next to it will play the original song. You know, for the youngins to realize this isn't actually original, and the stuff that gets quote unquote sampled now is absolutely insane. Like there was a song in the nineties that's really overplayed on the current 120 minutes, by the way, <laughs> by a, a band called white town. And the song was called your woman. Annoying as fuck, but everybody would know it when they heard it. And someone, I don't know who at the moment, I don't remember current people's real names completely took, the entire song and quote unquote sampled it, but really just sang over the original piece, which again has been the thing lately with a lot of these popular artists. They're claiming we know that, you know, we're taking these old beats and songs and singing over it, but we're doing that to get more exposure to the old songs. Like, really? Is that what you're doing? Or do you just have really shitty, uncreative producers behind you? I think it's the latter. I think so, too. I can't find that tic- the TikTok guy, but he was really cool Like when it came to that shit. Anyway, I ranted again. What was the song? I was going to bring up Bittersweet Symphony. Oh. Which, amazing song. But it's got two songs that sample. And they only got sued for one of them. <laughs> so there's two songs sampled in the song. Uh, and apparently they thought they had permission from the Rolling Stones. And they didn't. And Rolling Stones sued their pants off. And had to add them to the writing credits. Good. But you can barely hear it. Unless you know what the song you're Liz listening to. It's on the under. It's underneath. Mm-hmm. It's on the underneath of the. It's under that. I told you once and I told you twice. That's the Rolling Stones song that's getting sampled. And they that's the one they got sued, they got their pants sued up. Time is tick-tocking woman. That was your hubby. Who gets one point for the dad joke? I think that's our don't get me started on the dad jokes. Damien, come downstairs. Can he? I want to. He can't. Damn. I want to talk. I want to talk to him about Ghostbusters after we're done. Anyway, no, go ahead. One of the kids just went to bed, so he can't. Ah, lock the door. <laughs> Kidding. You <laughs> don't know my six-year-olds. <laughs> he will get out that door. We don't he know how. A, he, he will set it ablaze. Jesus, you got an arsonist? Uh, no, but I just don't doubt his skills. <laughs> nice. Runs in the family. Well, go ahead, wrap it, wrap it, Foxy. Beatbox it to the end. Boots and cats and boots and cats. That's <laughs> all right. Thank you for joining us for our first episode of Manic Mixtape for hey, 20. Hold up, hold up. I'm sorry. Badass just texted. I'm sorry. I gotta say that? this. Badass just texted. Oh shit. I made the will your husband mind joke in front of your actual husband. Well, now I'm beat red. This is embarrassing. (laughs) Oops! I thought you knew. I thought that's why you said it. Oh, he's here. Oh, there. See, all right. Well, let's wrap it. Oh, badass.
<laughs> oh, you're in trouble now. Here he comes. Ooh. Wrap it, wrap it quick before he gets on. Okay. Thank you guys for joining us for another episode of Manic Mixtape, our first for 2022. And there will be many more because this actually helps our mental health. Yes. Somehow. <laughs> I still so hate all of time. you. You can follow all of us on social media. I'm at Viva Foxy Foxy on Twitter, Snapchat, and Instagram. And Dan can be found at, at DanLaw83 on everything. Till next time. Bye.